Let's talk about how to start anything. A project, a product, a business. How do you go from an idea to something that's actually potentially profitable, potentially successful? Will you follow supply and demand? You've heard this term before. You've heard this phrase, supply and demand, right? But what does that mean? It means if you want something to be successful, you have to find a niche area that you can work in, solve a problem, or in business terms, reduce someone's pain, pain it takes for them to be in business or to do something in their life, to present something in a new or creative way, or to create desire. And this is what luxury items do for us. They create desire for us to own them and the status that comes with them. These are some of the ways that you create value in an idea. Now that you have an idea and a way to create value with it, you can present yourself an opportunity. You can create an opportunity to do something with that, to take an idea, put attach value to it, and now you have an opportunity. Everything starts in the same place. Everything begins the same way, no matter what it is. The simplest thing you do, the most complex thing you do to build a complete global brand or to just simply get an idea onto paper. Everything starts at the simplest version of the idea. The most basic version of what you're trying to accomplish is where you start and how you can begin to be successful. It's Saturday. I'm in the office. This is the Saturday morning hustle for anyone willing to come in early, stay late, hustle on the weekend if you have to to be successful. Let's talk about how to get anything and everything started, create value, and ultimately find success. So like I said, starting is all about creating the simplest version of something possible. The most basic idea, the most basic concept is where everything starts. And then you can go forward from there. Why it's so important to be very focused on what the most basic version is, is if the most basic version isn't obvious what it is, what it does, the value that comes with it, then you're starting in the wrong place. You have to understand what it is you're trying to accomplish in its most simple format in order to understand how do you get from where you are with with 1% complete to how you get to 100% complete. You have to understand where it comes from in its most simple form. If you can't put value on it in its most simple form, you're probably chasing the wrong idea. If you can't understand it, if you can't explain it, if you can't figure out how it happens in the world, where it fits, who it benefits, how you could possibly find a way to manage it. If you can't do any of those things at the most simple value, your idea is not a good idea. It needs to be something changed or thrown out. But if you have an idea that's as simple as possible, that you can explain it to anyone, Einstein said, if you can't explain something to a seven-year-old, you really don't know what you're talking about. So the most simple version of something that can be explained to anyone, then you can create value with, you can run, start with, to move forward with, or to even start running fast and hard with, right? When you think about construction, when you build something, when you build anything, the simplest thing through great big buildings, 
Things have to be in square. Things have to be measured correctly. Things have to add up mathematically when you're constructing something. If a corner is out of square, if it's a not a 90-degree square the way it's supposed to be to form a true corner, the closer to the corner, the harder it is to notice. But when you get a foot or two foot or ten foot away from the corner, the, the lack of being in square, the error is exponentially more effective to the outcome. So if you can't get it right at the simplest place where errors are least effective to you, those errors, those mistakes will continue to follow you along this span. So start by understanding, eliminate opportunities for mistakes at the simplest part. In business, we call this developing an MVP, the minimally viable product. Or sometimes it's not a product, sometimes it's a service, but it still can be packaged up as a product. So minimally viable. You don't start a business with a fully developed product that does everything you will ever need from it. You start with the minimally viable product. Minimal viable. What that allows you to do is take the simplest version of your product or service, the simplest version of your business model, whatever it is you're building, Make the most minimal version of it minimally viable. Now, it has to be viable, the second half of the minimally viable. So it can't be so simple it won't stand up on its own. It can't be so simple that you can't explain the real depth of what it is. You can't say it's a rock. A rock, that's too simple. A rock that I put in a package and I call a pet rock now That's minimally viable. It's an MVP. It's a minimally viable project. Why is it important to start with a minimally viable product? Because you have to understand what you do with it once it becomes a thing, physical or otherwise, and you need feedback. You need to ask the potential audience who you think is interested in your widget, your pet rock in this example, Can you sell it to them how and what is it that they need from the most minimal version to a complete version or at least a version that you can start transacting with, that you can start selling, that you can start your business with? So if it's a pet rock, the pet rock has to be in a box. The box has to have a closure and the box has to explain why I'm buying the pet rock and maybe it comes with a name. You could learn all those things by showing your pet rock idea to potential targets, getting their feedback, listening to them. That term is going to come up many times today. Listening is always the key. Get your feedback from your target audience, who you're developing this for, and develop only what they completely demand that you develop. So the pet rock is not the greatest example, but let's say it is a phone app. Whatever the phone app does, it has to, first of all, minimally viable. It has to be packaged up in something that can be put on a phone, a smartphone, whether it's Apple or Android. It pops up when you push the button, and then it does the thing that you expect from it. People may tell you, I need it to do option A, B, and C. I need it to have a security level, or I need it to have some type of connectivity, or I need it to import information from other apps, whatever these things are. The thing most often asked for, the thing that your audience says it has to do this or I'm not interested in it, no matter the price, 
It's not a pricing yet. It's what will make them interested, what's something they would find value in, whatever they tell you consistently a lot. Not because one person said it, but because 90 out of 100 people said, we need this out of our phone app. We need this out of our widget. We need this out of our pet rock. Now you know where to start. You go from minimally viable to something that you could potentially sell, something you can transact, something that you can do business with. You do that by listening, gaining the feedback, only putting the features, the functions, the necessity in that is demanded by your audience. Then you can move forward. It's the same thing with an idea. You have an idea to improve a process in your business. You have an idea to do something different in the way that you go about your business. Now go and ask the people that will be directly affected by that. Your stakeholders, your employees, your vendors, your subcontractors, your audience, your consumer, how will they be affected by it? And then listen to their feedback. Once you've done this, once you've developed a minimally viable product, you have something you can go to market with, something you can present to people, something that you can share with others where you can explain what it does, the value it creates for them, and why they would want to use it. Once you've gotten there, your instinct is going to be to start expanding. Now that we have that version, let's do a different size. Let's do a different placement. Let's do different colors. Let's do all these different ways. Let's add more features. Let's add bells and whistles. Let's make it available in this way and that way. All of these things, all of these options that begin to make this a more complicated process. You should, again, expand only by demand. Once again, listen to your audience. It's not about what you want it to do. It's about what they want it to do. The people who use it, the people who will pay you for it, the people who would do business with you because of it, the people that would accept your idea, the people who embrace what it is you're trying to sell them, give them, participate there with them. And whatever it is that you've started from nothing, you had an idea, you created an minimally viable version of it. Maybe that's the only version you ever need. The pet rock in a box with the name, all it is, you're making money. Everyone's happy. No one's complaining. How great is that? You spend the minimum amount to develop it, to produce it, to package it, to put it in the world. And if it's successful, if your audience is happy, even though you would be happier with extras, that is irrelevant. It's not about you. It's about them. Them being your audience, being the people that it's intended for, being the people that will do business with you, the people that will find value in it and create a transaction, create a business relationship with you. Keeping them happy is all that's important. So only expand, only add, only do more with your minimally viable product when your audience, the core audience, and a majority of them, not one, not two, not 10%, not a few, not that one guy, but he buys several. You know what I'm talking about. But when enough of your audience demands it, then you start adding more features, more functions. You expand out from there and you expand from the center. That MVP is the center. So you don't take the two or three things that you've put into it to make it minimally viable and then do something else random that has no relation because it's going to be hard to correlate. It's going to cost extra. It's going to be harder to do. Take what you've already done and do new versions of it. Expand out from that because it's easier to understand, easier to control, easier to plan, and 
more likely to be adopted by those who are already adopting the minimally viable version of it. Once you decide you are going to expand, the demand is great enough to going to expand, whether again, it's features, it's benefits, it's how they can buy it, it's how many you produce, what the price point will be. All of these are things that will expand the potential for your idea, for your product, for your brand, for your service, for your business. Think of the ways that you can do that. The options, products, places to buy, associated products, all kinds of things that go with it. Again, going back to your center, going back to that minimally viable idea of what it was. Minimize your risk. Don't make radical changes. Don't make changes and decisions based on small samplings of your audience. And definitely don't do things simply because you want to, because you had an idea. Those things create risk. In order to be successful, you have to minimize risk. And it's easy in a business situation to think about risk. How much money is associated versus how much you can make back. When you're trying to explain an idea or do things differently within an organization, within a process, risk comes in, the potential for failure or the potential to make it less understandable or less effective or less efficient. So avoid risk when possible. Minimize risk. Instead, add clarity. Do things that make it more obvious, that are more on point, more to the center, what people are already demanding, what they're already paying for, what they're already interacting with. Clarity is good for business. Uncertainty is very bad for business. Risk is very bad for business. So add clarity. Add functionality that feeds into what you're already doing that doesn't dilute the message, the selling point, the value. Also consider if you're going to expand your product line, expand your idea, expand your business, that you can take what you're already doing, that minimally viable product, and do multiple versions of it, often called a good, better, best model. We have the minimally viable product at a price point, something that's already accepted that you're already doing business with. You, that's your good version. You can do a better version that has maybe some of the new features you're looking for with additional economic factors so that your audience can decide if they want to stay with the minimally viable so that you don't take it away from them, you don't cannibalize that audience, but move forward with options that they're willing to pay for. Find your ROI, find your value proposition, make sure that you're doing this in a ways that minimize risk, not adding risk, but adds potential with clarity. And then you can even do some things that only a small subset of people are asking for, but they're willing to pay a premium for, whether it's time, money, attention, support, et cetera, whatever that premium is, that's your good. This is good, better, and best are ways that you can expand. So you can also launch a product, launch a service, launch a business on what's called a freemium model, where a good amount of it is free. Facebook is a perfect example of this. There's a good amount of it that is free to the public. Then there are upsells and things that you can add on to or that you can pay for. You can buy ads. You can sell things through the market. You can do other things that you pay for the participation. So you can use the free version or you can pay for participation. That's called a freemium. And the additional things you pay for are upsells. You can also do associated products that you own or that other people own. A great example of that is this is the Saturday Morning Hustle. So we have swag, swag or associated products, the swags, the t-shirts, the sweatshirts, the hats, the coffee mugs, etc., are not in a podcast. They don't make the podcast. They don't, they say the name of the podcast, but you don't learn 
anything from the sweatshirt that you would learn on listening to the podcast, but it's something you could be associated with the podcast that you can wear, that you can tell people this is something you enjoy, and people can ask you about it. You can have conversations with them, and you can support the show. Those are associated products that you might produce that helps something you're already doing, your minimally viable product, be successful. So associated products, associated markets, associated consumers, audiences, etc. So you have a core audience. You might find splinter audiences or other audiences, or sometimes unexpected audiences. You do this by expanding in ways that create opportunities to, to meet these new audiences, probably typically unexpected. And this is called the 80-20 rule, where you do 80% of what works on a regular basis and 20% experimentation in your marketing, in your outreach, in your audience development, et cetera. Got a hair in my face that keeps aggravating me. I'm sorry that it's, I had to interrupt the podcast to tell you that, but I think I got it now. So how you expand more options, potentially additional products or variations or versions of the products in the places that you sell it or that it's available. It's available in a physical location and an online. I can send it to you delivery or you can pick it up in person, etc. The ways you can buy it. You can buy it with cash. You can buy it with credit. You can buy it with crypto. You can trade something else of value for it. You can buy it in a market. You can buy it in an aftermarket, etc. These are different ways that you can expand your business, your product, your service. And if you think about it, expand ideas as well. Where can you place these ideas? Where can you take what it is you're developing, you're building, the new way you're doing things, your better mousetrap? If it's not an actual product or service, but it's a concept, it's an idea, it's a way of doing things, how do you apply it to other parts of your organization, to other organizations around you, to other businesses, et cetera? How you figure out all these different approaches? Is it more options? Is it more products? Is it different places? Is it different ways to buy? Is it... In a good, better, best, is it a freemium with upsells? Whatever it is, is it associated products, any of those things, the answer to that question is listen. Listen to the feedback of your audience. Listen to the people who do business with you. Listen to people who might potentially do business with you or are interested because you found them in your 80% of standard marketing approach, sales set activity, or 20% of experimentation. If your experimentation works, it goes into the 80% and you do 20% of different experimentation moving forward. Most of that 20% is going to fail. That's why it's experimentation. That's why it's only 20%. That's why you keep control of the process. Listen. Listen to what works in the 80%. Listen to what works in the 20% of experimentation. Listen to the core values, to the concepts, to the main simplest idea that your audience is telling you. What do they value? What will they do business with? What will they come back for? What are they willing to pay for? How do they interact and why? Listen, 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 listen. If you do that, how you expand your idea, how you expand your product, how you build your business, how you adapt your model to 2023 and 2024 and 2025 comes from listening to your audience, not from yourself, not because you want to, because your audience is demanding you do so. So the important thing here is you take facts over your ego. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you've developed a product or service, you have a little bit of ego. You had to have a little bit of ego to take that first step. All about how we get started. You start because you have belief in yourself. You have belief in your idea. You have belief in what you can do. That's some healthy ego. 
as you go through the process, as it becomes successful, as you engage your audience more, as it's more an external reaction to your original idea, you need to let go of that ego and let those external factors drive the process. It's not about you and your ego. It's about the facts that can drive you along. That comes from feedback. That's why listening has been so important today. So confidence is good, but even better when you back it up with market data, with real-world reaction to your idea, to your product, to your service, to your business. When you present your brand, how do people take it? There's a way you intend them to take it, and there's how they take it. If they're the same, you're doing great, and everything's going to be fantastic. If your audience takes your brand representation differently than intended, you either follow that and lean into it or make the adjustments necessary as you explain in order to explain it properly. It's not about because you understand it, everyone else will understand You have to listen to them and then do what they ask, tell, and demand of you. It's better to know than to guess. It doesn't matter how smart you are if you're guessing. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are if you have nothing to base this on. It doesn't matter how good you are at breaking down the facts if you do not have the facts. So don't get caught up in being the person who does the thing without anyone's input. Instead, embrace the input from everyone else and take all of that feedback in through this entire process and it never actually stops. You started at the MVP with the basic idea, the most basic version of what you were doing. You looked for input. You made the changes from that input in order to go from an MVP to an actually viable product. Not just minimally viable, but actually viable. Then you expanded the product, whether it's the product line itself, offerings, additional information, business model, etc. Again, based on feedback. Now that you're working, it's being successful. You want to continue that success. You want to sustain that success. Listen. Continue to listen. Continue to refine off what your audience tells you. Take your time. Do not rush. There's no such thing as an overnight sensation. I've said this on the podcast many times before. The most successful people that you see today that look like they're an overnight sensation have been putting the time and effort in and listening for a long period of time. Sheer force of will will not push you into a success ratio. Listening to what people want, the reaction to what you're offering them, adjusting, adapting, and moving more to what they want and more to what they want and giving them what they want because you listened is the potential for success. Listen more than you speak. You have two ears, one mouth. Twice as many listening as you do speak. That is how you get started. That's how you become successful. And that's how you sustain that success. So you get started with the simplest version of something, move forward from there. How it develops, how it processes, and how it becomes sustainable is all about understanding who you're doing business with, what it is they want, what it is they value, what it is they expect, and then moving along with those expectations, not your expectations. You do that, the opportunity to be success goes way, way, way up. And that's what I want for you. Go over here every Saturday on the Saturday One Hustle talking about how we can be more successful. It's not just hustle, not just grind. You got to have that. But you could be be smart about it. You have to be, you have to listen. You have to have enough ego to get started and enough understanding, enough intelligence to put that ego back a little bit and listen to your audience demands. Thanks for listening. Make sure you stream and subscribe. Leave a comment, leave a review. I'd really appreciate that. Share the friend. 
send this to someone who has something they just can't seem to get started on. Hopefully this process will prompt them along to get going off that first step and into the actual process. And once you get going, who knows what will happen there, but you can't be successful until you get started. Make sure you get your starting one hustle, entrepreneur AF, coffee and donut swag. Swag supports the podcast. I appreciate it very much if you would do that as well. Follow engage on social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the Facebook fan page. Don't forget that one as well. Make sure that you check out the latest episode of Professional Balance, the bonus podcast series from the Saturday Morning Hustle that comes out the last Monday of each month. The current episode is Imposter Syndrome, an interesting take on imposter syndrome. Make sure you check that out. Posted a few weeks ago, last Monday of last month. All the info, all the last past, all the law, all the last, kept wanting to say lost, all the last and past episodes the Saturday Morning Hustle and the Ballot Series are at SaturdayMorningHustle.com. Swag's there as well. So check it out. I'll see you next week. Saturday Morning Hustle. Saturday Morning Hustle. Saturday Morning Hustle. Wake up and keep chasing.